All right. Well, Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us. And we're grateful for your love and mercy and, and how you have just blessed us and watched over us. God, how you have set out the path before us. God, and that you have made a way for us where there was no way. And God, this morning we just pray that uh, that your word would be our foundation. That your word would be our stay. God, our sword and our shield, Jesus. And we just pray that uh, you would plant it in us. God, that you'd cause it to, um, to take root downwards and to grow upwards in us, Jesus. God, as only you can do. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go to 1 John 3. Have one of those days yesterday where uh, it's like, well, I think that's about as much of a grasp as I'm going to get on what I'm going to talk about, so we'll call it good. It's, it's funny how God kind of trains you and, and uh, uh, kind of brings you along. When I first started uh, doing the Sunday school thing like know, three years ago, it was like I would have this very super specific, like I had like an outline and, and everything. It's like I knew exactly what I was going to talk about, and, you know. And, uh, you know, now I'm like, yeah, I think that's the right chapter. Yep, that's going to work. Okay. <laughs> and, and actually, I asked Ron once, I was like, so, uh, can I ask you a question? It's like sometimes it seems like, like on Wednesday night, for example, you just kind of pick a scripture out of the air and just start talking about it. And uh, um, it was it was really funny because Rachel was standing there and she kind of like tensed up, like looked like she was getting ready to hit me, and because uh, I think she thought I was maybe attacking him. And I was like, I'm just asking, can I do that? <laughs> and uh, and then uh, she relaxed. And he's like, Yeah, no, you totally can because the word of God is a supply, and because uh, you know when you go to talk to somebody. Um, and encourage somebody or minister to them, you don't premeditate the whole thing and sit down and look it up and have like this list of scriptures. You just you open your mouth and the Word of God comes out. Right. So it's like it's the same thing. So I was encouraged by that. Um, so I was just, I've been thinking this week about the love of God and, and how... Um, you know, as I'm so fond of saying, love is not a feeling. You know, it's a, it's a choice that you make, and and it's it's actions that you do. And of course, with it does come that ooey gooey emotional thing too. That that is, of course, part of love. Um, you know, whether that be like a, you know, the smitten puppy dog eyes that uh, teenage boys get, or. Um, you know, just that that excitement about you know seeing the the object of your affection and all that. But um, you know, it's it's funny because we take the love of God for granted, and and we we think of it. It it feels like this kind of distant, ethereal, so more like a sort of just a given, rather than something that's really personal to you. You know, because I don't know, like, um, like take my uncle, for example. I know he loves me. I always knew he loved me. When I was growing up, he called me goat legs. And, uh, and, uh, um, he was just, he was, he's so fun. He's like, I don't know, in his 60s now, and he's still just a, just a barrel of laughs. But, 
um, you know, I always knew that he, you know, that he loved me, but I, it wasn't like because he did things that, that really communicated that to me or even ever told me. I just, it, it was like, he's, he's my uncle, he's part of my family, so it's just kind of a given that, that he loves me. You know, and uh, because we know that God loved the world, we kind of take that love of God like that. that this kind of, well, you know, he loves me because I'm, I'm a person, you know, and so uh, so I, I fit in there, and so yay, yay me, part of the family, and that's that's all well and good, but I think it's important for us to kind of take a step back and and really examine this this love of God that he that he has that he's given to us because it's it's personal and it's individual and you know it's entirely different. Um, when you know you go from you know just uh, maybe interacting with somebody in a, in a whole group of people versus you sit down with them just them, you know because it's um, you know it's one thing to you know to flirt with the pretty girl in the big group of of people and, and everybody's talking and there's all these other people around. It's another thing to sit down alone with them and you know. Um, you know, talk about the you know as, as sun swept fire, you know, you know, creeps across your poisoned face or whatever. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but it's hilarious. Um, you know, there's there I think there's little poetry worse than that of a, a, a lovesick teenage boy, but <laughs> it's bad. I I wrote some and it was bad, and I I have you know buried it deep. Deep, deep down. Not to be used except at the uttermost end of need. <laughs> yep. Because no. I would use it from a power to, uh, desire to do good, but through me. It would, it would wield results too dreadful to imagine. So, anyway. <laughs> okay, no more pop culture. I'm done. Okay. Uh, so... <laughs> But you know, um, it's 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 different when you realize that somebody loves you personally, just you. And 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 uh, you know, when we when we really take time with God, He really does make us feel that love like that—that that it's just you. And uh, and that's a precious thing. And I and I I've got my mirror out again, but it's you know I. I don't think we spend enough time in that place of recognizing that that he loves you know just just me, you know like that that actually I, I'm his favorite I'm the apple of his eye and there is no one else because when you read Song of Solomon you don't get this sense that he's like talking to a a harem of people you know a whole big multitude it's like there's 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 her and that's it and uh, so. Um, so the love of God is just a really precious thing, and it's such a broad subject. It's like, where do you find a good scripture to kind of <laughs> nail that down? Um, but as you might imagine, I ended up in in First John, because I mean, who else talks so you know eloquently and at length about about the love of God than, than the Apostle John? Uh, so here in uh, uh, 1 John 3, <coughs> chapter 1, or verse 1. 
Uh, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. And therefore the world knows us not, because it knew Him not. You know, the, the Bible talks a lot about uh, adoption, and uh, how God has you know, given us the adoption of sons. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the thing about you know, dealing with kids is it's, it's tough to deal with them and not grow attached to them. And, uh, um, you know, and, and, you know, God has this, this love for us that it's like he, it's like he came to the orphanage, you know, he came to the, you know, the, the group home or whatever, and just kind of looks, you know, looks around and he's just, you know, who, who would I leave here? And yeah, no, I'll take him and him and him and her and her and him and her and him. And, and, and he takes, and he takes you home, but, but it's like, wow, he, he chose me. He picked me, little old me, for whatever reason. You know, and that's the precious thing when somebody really loves you. You know, I, I, Cynthia and I have always joked about the love goggles. You know, and how you know, sometimes you have to have a pretty, like, a, like a trifocal prescription. You know, to to see what the other person is seeing. You know, but that's what love does. You know, it's like every time Cynthia looks at me, she sees Chris Hemsworth. You know, she's got the serious. Love goggles going on, but I mean I only have the right colored hair and I can't grow a beard. But um, that's the only difference, though. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Thank you. No. Um, <laughs> uh, no. I mean, okay. One more pop culture reference. If I could. If I could get in that little Captain America capsule, they have a thing with the Planet Fitness that kind of makes it sound like that's what it is. And I thought, man, I for twenty bucks a month, sign me up. You know, if it worked like that, I would I would live in that thing. But anyway, you know, but you know, the thing is, is you know you, and so um, you knowing yourself can actually become an obstacle to receiving the love of God for yourself. Amen. Because you think, well, how could he love me? Because, you know, well, look at me. And I'm blank, 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 blank. You know, in, you know, insert, you know, whatever unpleasant adjective here. And the thing is, is when you love somebody and they talk like that, kind of you get that nostril flare going, don't you? It's like, how dare you? <laughs> say that, you know, and uh, so, you know, um, you know the, the, the Bible says that, you know, that love believes all things, you know, thinks no ill. I mean, it just goes on and on and on through that chapter, and that would be a great place to read, too, um, because, you know, what God did is he's this holy God, and and, and he can't tolerate sin, can't abide it. And so he clothed us then with this this righteousness of, of Christ and um, and brings us into this this fellowship where he could call us his child, his son. And uh, and so I, I love this this verse how he says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Because to get be chosen for that is a is a precious thing. You know, you you just you ended up in the family you ended up in because uh, 
the you know, happenstance of birth, but but you're in this family because God chose you, because God loves you, because of who you are. Yeah. And you know, so regardless of what you might think about who you are, and regardless of what the adversary would tell you about who you are, God loves you, as the old song says, just as I am. You know, and the great thing is, is He doesn't leave us there. You know, because you know when you when you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, at first everything is, you know, like, you know, you let them choose the movie, you know, you suck the butter from their fingertips, you know, as long as you're with them, it doesn't matter where you go or what you do. You know, and then as time goes on, it's like, well, actually, no, you know, I, I hate that movie. I, I hate, you know, chick flicks and popcorn. No, you know, I don't, but I'm just saying. Um, I, I am very particular with with rom-coms, but, you know, uh, and I have to be in a particular mood for them. But uh, anyway, um, so, you know, God knows how to, you know, look past the the uh, the things that, that we would find so uh, aberrant and so off-putting, and, and he has a solution. Because he has he has the blood and he has the fire, and and he, and he changes all the stuff. You know, when we bought our house in Ottawa, I was walking through this house and I was like, "This is the ugliest house," and it's like this thing is just it's like has a face only a mother could love, you know, and um, but. You know, because, you know, I worked in uh, home improvement forever. It's like I could look past the ugly and I was like, man, you could really make this thing look pretty. You could make this thing look awesome. And so and so it is with us. The, the love of God looks past the ugly stuff, you know, and, and, and says, you know what, I could make this into something amazing because I can, I can already see it there. And, and I don't, it's like, uh, it's no wonder he talks about being a potter. Because if you have just this formless lump of gooey clay stuff. And you have to have uh, an idea in mind of what you're going to make it look like. You kind of have to have this image. They say when you're using a potter's wheel, you've got to kind of keep that image there in your mind and, and kind of make it come out underneath your fingers. So... You know, just, or like a sculptor, you know, you have to know what you're what you're going for. You don't just kind of haphazardly jump in there and start squeezing on the clay or chipping at the rocks. You you have you have a goal in mind because you you see what what's there already. And and so the love of God does with us. So He says, "Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God." And therefore, the world knows us not because it knew Him not. And of course, as people, we crave acceptance, and so being unlike the world uh, sometimes can be a very difficult place to be emotionally. It can be very challenging, especially when you're young. Uh, we watched this um, uh, this movie about Noah. It was uh, from that Sight Sound Theater in Branson, and uh, it was really interesting because they really framed this whole story in 
Noah and his family were not like everybody else. You know, they, and, and everybody from the city of Nod thinks that they're a bunch of you know foolish country bumpkins and all this stuff. But uh, and, and and all the while, Noah and his family um, are encouraging everyone that God loves them and that that they don't they don't they don't need to be a part of the the city of Nod. They could be part of of, of God and His people and, and and all that. And um, it was it was really a blessing because as you know, they they added some interesting things into it, like uh, one of uh, uh, one of Noah's daughter-in-laws, her her family, her parents keep coming by and telling him, "You don't want to be, you know, it's like we should have never let you go with these people. You don't want to be like them. You know, come back with us." And uh, and then they they did a great job with the scene where where God shut the door of the ark because the door was shut, and then uh, all these people that had turned them away and had rejected their their entreaties to to you know, love God and be a part of of them and, and, and to come on the ark because, of course, they were building the ark for a long time. Uh, they're outside the door and they want in and they can't let them in now. And uh, like her parents are out there and um, this guy that uh, uh, that Noah had talked to over and over and over again is out there. And uh, um, and so, yeah, it's really, it's really great. But... Um, you know, and they they deal with that sense of why? How could it be just us? You know, how could we be the only ones? You know, but the the love of God is like that that he that he you know, he loves you that much and and it feels that exclusive. But he wants to do that in your life to to shine the light, but also to to bring you safely through to the uh, uh, to the pearly gates. Uh, so he says in verse 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So again, you know, we, you know, I love how in Romans Paul said that God calls those things which be not as though they are. Because, you know, I look in the mirror and I don't see Chris Hemsworth. But Cynthia does. And so I kind of have to go with that. That's kind of my excuse when I don't feel like going to the gym. It's like, well, I heard it. No, but you know, so God proclaims us as as this this apple of His eye and this 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 beloved child, and um, we got to go with that, you know, because it's easy to look at yourself and and think, well, yeah, but there's this, that, and the other thing. Like, you ever try to compliment somebody? It's like, you have such a nice smile. It's like, my back teeth are completely black. You know, it's like, okay, well, um, cool then. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, to, you know, it's like, but we do that with God, don't we? It's like, he's like, you know, it's like, you're, you're my beloved apple of my eye. It's like, yeah, but I'm such a terrible person. And, and I and I, I this and that and the other thing and and you know it's, look how wretched I am and, and and you know God is thinking but no when I look at you I see the righteousness of me so actually I I, I don't know what you're talking about and so he says it does not yet appear what we shall be because we we look at 
You know, when we look in the mirror, we don't see we don't see what God sees. And you know, I I I've always prayed that God would help me to see what He sees, you know, because that's an entirely different thing. Because you're you you know everybody's always their worst critic, right? You know, and you know, and so to you know, to to see yourself and to see the people around you the way that God sees them is a is a precious thing because that's that's a whole nother bunny trail about the way that we see other people. And, and God goes to great lengths in His Word to talk about about that love. In fact, is, is uh, when you read this epistle of John, he spends a lot of time talking about you know loving your brother and and how you can't love God without loving your brother. So, um, so in verse three, he says, "Every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure." And so, you know, we, you know, we, uh, so much of what we do in in our walk with God has to do with just cooperating with Him. Just, you know, letting Him do what He wants to do, you know, because, you know, the angel came to Mary and said, you know, uh, the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you and you're going to have this, you know, this child and you're going to name Him Jesus and you should save their people from their sins and all this stuff. And, you know, she asked some questions, of course. She's like, well, how would that be, you know? And, uh, you know, and of course you can tell, you can see there must be some kind of difference in, in her attitude and the way that she asked because chapter right before that, Zachariah asked, you know, how could these things be? And, and the angel got the nostril flare going. It's like, how dare you not believe me? You know, but, but so the angel explains further to Mary and she says, so be it. Unto your handmaid, you know, and so, you know, we, you know, I think that's a really great response to the things that we read in the Word of God because we read things that just sound impossible, look impossible. It's like, how could that possibly apply to me? You know, and 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 it seems just as impossible as as the Virgin having a baby, but you know, we we read it with with faith and say, so be it unto me then. Because if, if you've said it, then I have no reason to doubt it. I have no reason to find fault with it. Um, and so, so we, you know, we cooperate with him in those things. And we, and we do certainly, you know, the sense of purifying himself. You know, it, it certainly does to me, you know, make me think of those things that, you know, we, we, we can put things away. We can put things down. We can stop things. And say no to our flesh, and there there is certainly that, um, and uh, and of course God, uh, He is there to carry us through all of that stuff and to empower us. Uh, this is what happens when you show up horrendously late. Start running, running out of time here. Um, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and buzz through the rest of this little passage here. Um, it says, Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. And in him is no sin. You know, there there's so many great songs about 
about that very thing. You know, like the the verse from uh, at the cross where uh, where he said that uh, um, you know that Christ, the mighty Maker, died for man, the creature's sin. You know, and that uh, you know, and so he you know he he paid you know, he paid for your sin to you know to put it away and washed it away. You know, and so having paid such an awful price for it, I would imagine he would not rather have us just bring it up continuously to him. You know, when he tells you how much you love, he loves you, and think, yeah, but you know, yesterday there was this thing, and I just I was like, yeah, but you, you know, you brought that to me, and and I've washed it away. So let's not talk about that. I, I'm not even sure what you're talking about. You know, and you know. We, you know, we don't forget and forgive the way that God does. You know, and there's certainly valuable lessons to be learned uh, from those instances. But you know, to continually you know bring those things up flies in the very face of of what God did when He died on the cross to to wash them away. You know, I was looking at uh, uh, I was at my parents' house yesterday, and uh, they had some. Uh, uh, picture albums uh, out on the coffee table, and they had these pictures from when Jeremy was like Cassie's age, and and it was just like oh, it was like another lifetime ago. And there was this guy with like dark hair that that was like the skinny guy with dark hair carrying him around and stuff. And realized eventually it was me, and uh, but I was looking at these pictures and it was like. There was just this this like sense of just anguish that uh, that in the back of my mind because I remember all of these things that I did wrong. I remember all of these things that I regret and all of these things that I learned from. But I wish I could go back and do it differently. And I wish I could go back and be like, man, I wish I could just enjoy this. You know, his earnest zest for life instead of just being irritated and wanting him to just go away. You know, and and let me do what I'm doing. You know, because Cynthia and I were talking about, you know, it's like in, you know, in six years we could da 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 da, and I was like, and then Jeremy will be 17, and you know, I'll be looking at buying him a car and stuff. It's like, where does the time go? You know, but but I realized yesterday because I'd been down that road before looking at old pictures, and it was like, you know, no. No, I'm not. I'm not going to go there because that's what the blood of Jesus does, and, and that's what the fire does. You know, because He gets rid of that stuff. And then, it, the the great thing about the the memories that you take away from those experiences is then when you deal with somebody else that's going through that kind of issue, then you know exactly what it feels like. You you know exactly what the pathway looks like getting through it, and and that's a real blessing. So it says, and he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abides in him sins not, and whosoever sins has not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. You know, uh, and of course, you guys know this whole passage uh, is one that uh, a lot of Christianity likes to stay away from because. Uh, it's like, well, but I, you know, I love God, and I, you know, and all this stuff, and and yet there's, you know, I still sin. You know, it's like the same kind of stuff that Ron talks about with these pastors and in the seminars and stuff. 
Uh, and of course, you know, there's the the difference between your outside man and your inside man. It makes a you know all the difference in the world. He says, "Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that commits sin is the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning, and for this purpose was God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil." And whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. And in this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loves not his brother. So, whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Of course, you guys all know that that's, that's the inside man, that incorruptible seed of Christ growing up in you. Um, but the thing that I, I want to remind you of is that it says um, that his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he was born of God. So maybe you have uh, this this uh, voice that would like to tell you that you know, that you've messed up too many things, or that you know it's like, well, you know, look at this weird, you know, miry left field place you've gotten yourself, and you know, look at all this stuff that's all sideways in your life and you have no answers for it and you know surely God must not be happy with you for you to be in this spot or or he's you know it's your own stupid fault that you got there and he's just kind of standing on the front porch with his arms crossed scowling waiting for you to figure it out and, and get back on the right path but it says that that he cannot sin because he's born of God cannot sin because his seed remains in him that seed you know, I mean, you could kill it, but it's pretty resilient. You know, you're going to have to, you'd have to just ignore it and just walk away from God altogether and just, just let it die like a, like a plant in a, in a dark room with no water. But, um, you know, e- even if you've come, come to that place, you know, the Bible says that even through the scent of water, there's hope of a tree. That just the, the very scent of water. You know, which has to be God because you know just the scent of water is not enough to, to really revive a plant. It's going to have to actually get in the soil and get in the plant and, and all that. But he said just the scent of water is enough to, to, to bring this thing back. And so it doesn't matter where, where you're at. It doesn't matter what, how things feel, how things look. Or any of that stuff, the love of God has has put such um, has has come up with such a perfect plan, such a perfect safety net to to get you safely where you're going. You know, there's I mean, yes, it's a narrow road, but he's he's a, that's why he called himself a savior. If you if you find yourself on the broad path, God knows how to. Leave the ninety and nine and come get you, and 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 get you where you need to be, and and to get you safely you know, to the end of your road. Uh, you know, we all go through places that feel just hopeless. This feels utterly hopeless. This is never going to get better. This is never going to change. Uh, these things are never going to happen. This stuff is always going to be like this, and life feels that way. You know, there are things that we go through that just feels like, you know, one day in front of the other. It feels like Joseph in the dungeon. Just, you know, one day like the one before and just like the one before that and just like the one before that. 
And the morning that the key turned in the lock started out just like every other day. But it was the day. And he didn't see it coming. If he saw it coming, I don't know. On the one hand, maybe it would be easier to wait, but I don't think so. I think if you knew if you knew the date that you were getting out, you it, you would just be crawling with you know looking at how many uh, how many days there are left. You'd be, ah, you'd get down to that final day and you'd just be bouncing around. But you your hope would then be on on just on getting out of of this place that you're at because you're counting down the days. But if you if you have no idea when this when this might end, knowing it could be any minute now. But it might not be. It takes you this, to a different conclusion because then you have to learn to trust in Him and be content in Him and, and, and to rest in His love because um, even if when things are not all that great, the love of God still makes can really make life sweet. In fact, the, the times that the love of God is the sweetest is usually the times when everything on the outside of your life just seems to be falling apart, you know. So, um, and so the the love of God is just a really, really precious thing, and and it's a very personal thing, you know. So, um, I think sometimes we just we need that reminder that that He really does, He really does love you that way, and He really does love me that way, you know, and and that. Uh, you know, sometimes you just kind of have to say it to yourself. It's like, you know, he loves me. You know, out of everybody he could have loved, he loves me. So, Jesus, we thank you for your love to us, God. It's, that's a precious thing, God, for the cross and the terrible price that you paid to to buy our pardon, God, and to uh, make us um, uh, fit to to be uh, included in this number, God, of the to be called the sons of God, that you've bestowed this love on us and that you are making us what only you could, God, that you are accomplishing in us what only you could do. And, and our faith and our confidence is not in in ourselves today, but in you and in looking to you and the, the things that, that you alone could do in our life to bring us safely from this day to that great day. You know, God, I just I pray for every person in this place, God, that their faith not fail. God, the the enemy would, uh, just as you told Peter, would desire to sift all of us as wheat. Lord God, but uh, but before the throne of God above, we have a strong and perfect plea, the the great High Priest whose name is Love, who ever lives and pleads for me. And God, uh, today, God, you have have prayed for us that our faith would not fail. And, and today what I pray is that every heart in this place would be encouraged, would be strengthened, would be refreshed. God, you know the need and the cry of every heart uh, in this place today, and I pray that you would meet it, uh, God, through your supply of your spirit and love. God, we pray it and ask it in the righteous name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.